Hi guys, hope you're all well. Hope you're having a good week. This is Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to movies, TV, sports and gaming. I'm your host Carl Duffy and in today's episode I want to talk about a couple of things including the games that were on this week in the Premiership as well as Man United's game against Villarreal in the Champions League. I also want to discuss a few gaming tidbits, what games I'm looking to play in and games that are kind of buying down the line as well as TV shows and movies I've been watching this week. Hope all you guys are having a good week. I hope you're enjoying whatever you're doing this week hope you're feeling productive and happy my week has been on track so far i've been relaxing a bit chilling out with the girlfriend a bit doing bits and bobs here and there but staying productive mostly which is great i plan on going away next week which i'm looking forward to getting away for a few nights you know it's needed every now and then just to clear the mind but um let me know if you're getting away or going on holidays anytime soon because i know with lockdown plenty of us had to put off plans for traveling and going away i won't be traveling too far now i'll be staying in ireland but you know two nights away three nights away always helps clear the mind and helps you reset you know so i'm looking forward to that this past week i've been contributing to radio stations mostly crc fm as you all know from my previous episodes i mentioned it i have a segment on a show with presenter presenter's name is ian crowley and the show is called grapevine you can listen to it online on crc fm the website in my segment on grapevine i talk about movies and tv i give two reviews each week every wednesday i go on there and i give a review of a tv show and a movie i have a discussion within around these movies and tv shows i give my ratings and my opinions on them and i've been enjoying it so far you know i pre-record my segments with aiden because i'm used to pre-recording for the podcast eventually however i do want to contribute to the live shows and it's not from a lack of confidence that i do the pre-recording it's just that when i started off a couple of weeks ago i wasn't fully ready to record live because i'd never recorded live on radio before so i think i started pre-recording it because i didn't have that confidence but as the weeks have gone on my confidence has been built up and with ross fm i kind of jumped into the deep end straight away and contributed to a live show without even realizing i was going to be contributing i kind of went down there for a tour of the place and sat in on a live show and contributed i found it fine you know so i think i have more confidence and i have more ability than i give myself credit for sometimes but i think that's just a confidence thing you know when you start something new you always want to give yourself the best chance to start off well you want to start on the right footing so it's always nice to have that safety net of pre-recording the segment instead of doing it live where you could mess up or accidentally curse on live air a lot of my speech has a lot of fucking blinding in it i do naturally curse when i talk so i didn't want that to come out in the live show but I handled the first live show on Ross FM very well. You know, we were talking about the Premiership, Premiership Games. You know, there's a talk show down there with another Aiden, Aiden Rafferty. And he talks about Premiership Games, the Premiership in general. He talks about GEA, rugby, all kind of different sports. And I sat on his show and I've sat in on it maybe two or three times since then. And it's always been live and I've always handled it pretty well. So... I think eventually I will be contributing to the live shows with Aidan Crowley and CRCFM. But for now I'm enjoying contributing to different radio shows. You know, like I mentioned in my previous episodes, it's so important to have a passion for what you do and gain that sense of fulfillment from it. You know, there's a lot of people out there who just go into work, come back from work, there's no 
passion for the job and I'm very lucky that I'm in a position where I have passion for what I'm doing. Every week I'm working towards something that I'm proud of. I have a sense of achievement about my work. I have a sense of passion with my work. And I'm super happy at the moment because I really think I found my calling with radio. I really want to work in this area. I find myself wanting to improve on things, improve my skills and work towards something I'm proud of, like I said. There was a time there that I was really aimless with my career. I have my postgraduate degree in social care. I have my honours degree done, you know, four and a half years, five years of college, and I was aimless. I had a stint of work in social care, but I wasn't passionate about the job. I was kind of always looking over my shoulder to see if someone was going to find out that I wasn't fit for the job. And whenever I would go look at applying for jobs, there, was, there wasn't there was anything really behind me, pushing me to send in CVs. I wasn't that bothered about it. And it was at that time that I thought, really, you know, something's wrong. I need to reevaluate my career. But at the same time, even though I wanted to reevaluate things and I wanted to maybe take a step out of social care and look at our other options there was a part of me that was guilting myself listen you've done four years of college you've paid to get a degree in this area don't leave it and maybe some people have gone through the same feeling i don't know but for me personally i was guilting myself to stay in the area of social care because i've given so much time to it but at the end of the day i really do believe this if we don't go after what we're passionate for we will regret it later in life and i know it's an old cliche we have one life to live but it's fucking true so if you're not working on something you're passionate for just go for it you know it's very true that we are the only ones that can give ourselves permission to be happy we have to actually let ourselves pursue what we want what we're passionate about because sometimes in our mind it doesn't seem logical oh i love this area but I have a job here. I can't pursue that area. I can't be serious about it because I have to abandon all this. You know, eventually, like I said, you'll regret not pursuing what you're passionate for, whether it's 10 years from now or 20 years from now. It'll come back to bite you in the ass some way. So like I said, if you have a passion and you're not pursuing it, just go for it. You can always make it your hobby for the time being until you're ready to pursue it as a career, until you've built your skills up, built up your connections, because let's face it, connections in this country for jobs is everything it's about who you know sometimes not what you know which is pretty shitty but that's the way it is in this country sometimes build up your connections build up your skills until you're confident enough to pursue it as a career and that will give you the security you need in the meantime to keep your other job that you're in or something like that if you have a job that you're not passionate about keep that job pursue your passion as a hobby on the sideline until you're ready to make it into a career. I know for me, I was very afraid of changing career paths. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to start that. I actually had to go to career guidance counseling and I did a few sessions over Zoom with a career guidance counselor. Uh, I think it was Lee Newa Careers. But um, yeah, like I had to go to a career guidance counselor because I had no idea where to go to next. I was terrible at that. But that guidance counseling gave me a structure gave me a plan and if you were like me and you didn't know you don't know where you want to start you don't know where you want to go to next you don't have a solid plan of mind maybe it might be worthwhile looking at career guidance counseling you know because a lot of people it takes them years to find out what they really want to do in life what they want as a career and i think for a lot of us growing up we take on the expectations and the opinions of our parents growing up and we make our decisions based on that so 
we don't make our decisions for college and for our courses based on what we want it's what our parents want for us and sometimes we can grow resentful of our parents for that but at the end of the day it's up to us to kind of grab life by the horns and say this is what we want to do again the other side to that is how at 18 years old are we supposed to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives it's damn near impossible we haven't traveled we haven't experienced the world that much we haven't sustained a long-term job for that long so how are we supposed to know what we want to study for the next five four years how are we supposed to know where we want to work for the next 10 years we don't i think a lot of times teenagers grow up thinking okay i need to stick to this plan i need to go to college for four years i need to get a job right after but sometimes that doesn't go to plan and then you feel shitty about yourself you feel really bad because you're like oh i'm not sticking to the plan but that's a perfect plan in your mind and you're guilting yourself because you can't stick to a perfect plan no one can stick to a perfect plan and even if you stuck to that plan would you be happy who's to say but i think we growing up we really guilt ourselves for not sticking to a so-called plan for our careers for our college when the only plan we should really have is find something we love do it be happy that's the only plan we should have and that's the plan that should be promoted to us by our parents but it's not because obviously parents are looking at all different angles but the main angle is they want to make sure that we're looked after and that we can look after ourselves so they often promote to us get a job that's stable that pays well to get a job that's stable and play, pays well you have to get into a course and make sure you learn as much about that as possible get a good result in your college course get a 2-1 or a 1-1 get a good good degree and make sure that you get out there and get that job you know like i said a lot of people spend the majority of their 20s trying to figure out what they want to do with their life and that's totally normal as well sometimes you need to go and travel the world to realize okay i want to live abroad and i want to work abroad there's plenty of friends i know who have traveled and who have often gone away for work and stayed away for work because they realize the world is so much bigger than their village or than their town you know so a lot of people do that a lot of people travel and come back a lot of people take a gap year you know there is no conventional route to your career anymore and there shouldn't be because when there's a conventional route when there's loads of people telling you you need to do it this way when you can't do it that way you feel shitty about yourself you feel crappy and you often think what's wrong with me why can't i stick to the plan so I know there's a bit of a ramble, but it's really how I feel about it. So, like I said, if you have a passion that you're really passionate about, whether it's radio, plumbing, engineering, architecture, sports, whatever, just go for it. Because at the end of the day, like I said, you're the only one that can make you happy. But you need to take the steps to make that a reality as well. There's no point in wishing and wanting. Because again, like I said, that's what I used to do. I used to think, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could do radio for a career and that seems like a really cool area to work in or maybe one day but I wasn't taking the steps you need to take the steps so I hope you're all taking the steps each day to pursue what you want Jesus I need to get better at transitions but now that I'm done my little ramble and my little hallmark speech we can get into the podcast I wanted to start off by talking about the premiership games this week we had Man United take on Everton Chelsea faced off against Southampton we had Brentford take on West Ham, Arsenal were playing Brighton, 
Tottenham got back to winning ways this week as well. Leeds got a win against Watford. Wolves took on Newcastle and Burnley and Norwich faced off as well. I want to talk about a few of these individual games and give my overall opinion and reaction on this week's results. I want to start off with Brentford because for me they've been the surprise story of the season. They're grinding out results. They're not slipping yet. They're sitting in 7th place so far I think. I know it's only early in the season but if they keep this up they'll definitely be on track to finish in a European spot which would be great for them because like I said newly promoted sides I've said this in past episodes newly promoted sides are expected to grind out results and just survive but Brentford are showing that they're serious about this league and going into every game with determination to get those points and I know it was a last minute goal to win it but sure Man United got a last minute goal against West Ham to win it the last time they played and they got a last minute goal against Villarreal to win it as well so it's all about who's willing to grind away at results and work for the last 15 minutes of the game because that's where the game is really won and lost so fair fucks to Brentford for grinding out that win I hope they keep up the good form because it's great to see from a newly promoted side Tottenham managed to get back to winning ways this week breaking their losing streak they won 2-1 over Aston Villa Hoiberg and Lucas Moura scoring the goals. Hoiberg got a good goal from outside the box and Lucas Moura got a tap in to win it. But again, I don't think they would care how they won as long as they won because they were looking in trouble there for a while. Hopefully for Tottenham fans, this is the start of something new and hopefully they get back to winning ways and this is not just a splash in the pan. But in my opinion, there's a lot of cracks in that team and I think they'll go from this win to a loss again and they'll kind of flip-flop like that for a while until they find a bit of stability with Nuno but other than that Ollie Watkins got his first goal of the season and this goal came at a great time for Watkins because he's recently been added back in to the England squad by Gareth Southgate it proves to Southgate that he's probably made the right decision in calling Watkins back up to the squad and it gives Ollie Watkins a bit of confidence going forward looking at them play against Aston Villa the last day I was reminded of the quality they have. They really played with conviction in that game. They showed real determination, drive and focus. So again, hopefully for the fans, they're back on track. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if it takes them another couple of games to really iron things out and get a good few wins in a row. I've said it in previous episodes that I don't think Nuno Espirito is the right man for the job. I do think Spurs will have a rotating door system of managers in the next few years trying to get them back on track i do feel bad for them in a way because i don't like to see any team doing that badly is a sight to behold sometimes especially the form harry kane was in in previous years and now he looks like a shadow of his former self obviously the way he handled the failed move to man city has been his downfall so far and the fact that he hasn't performed on the pitch and hasn't looked like he wants to perform on the pitch either is a real discouraging sign to the fans you know the fans seem to want him to leave the club too now at this stage i saw some clip of a fan talking about how he seems disillusioned now with spurs especially harry kane he doesn't want to see him play for spurs anymore and i'd say like a couple of years ago he would have been chanting his name in every game that they played so it's amazing how someone can go from beloved hero to complete villain at a football club in the space of a transfer window the last two games i want to talk about are chelsea versus southampton and man united versus everton First off, Chelsea played excellent against Southampton. They looked dominant, they looked strong, they looked ambitious and they looked like they weren't going to take their foot off the gas for one minute. I don't know if they'll retain the Champions League this season but they do look strong. I suppose the only thing that could stop them is 
do they have the legs for it they're playing a lot of games at the moment and I think I was talking to one of my friends there the last day he's a Chelsea fan and he said the only thing that'll stop us is if we don't have the legs for it if the players are too tired for games because at some stage you know fatigue is going to take over and something's going to fall through the cracks but at the moment they're sitting at the top of the table they're looking strong against most oppositions and they look confident in their play Southampton tried their best but they were never going to beat Chelsea finally on to Man United versus Everton fuck's sake a one-all draw we should have won that game hands down I thought you know the first half we looked strong I thought yeah we're coming out of here we're coming away from the Villarreal game learning our lesson we got a last minute goal against Villarreal to win that with Ronaldo but we can't be relying on Ronaldo 24-7 Ronaldo didn't play against Everton and we looked good Martial got his first goal in 8 months he looked strong it was a good goal good first half performance Bruno looked great and I thought yeah we're back on track great second half utter nonsense we weren't on the pitch at all we just took our foot off the gas or something and that Townsend goal shouldn't have happened we should have had a better defence than that but again I've come to expect this from Man United we just string along one win one loss one win one loss and that's the way it's going to keep on going until we do something drastic and I think the drastic thing that needs to happen is we need to get rid of Oli I've been saying it for a while now I'm Oli out he is a nice guy I'm sure he's a really nice guy and he's a club legend but he's not a good manager I have no clue what he's doing managing a team like Man United he got Carlin relegated why is he there he has no experience winning anything and until he wins something, no one will trust him behind the wheel at Man United. And he's not going to win anything. So why does he get this many chances? You know, if a player was playing as bad as Oli is managing us, then he'd be like, let go, he'd be sold. So why, as a Man United, as a strong Man United team, are we keeping a weak manager? This is my opinion. I'm very disillusioned with the club at this moment, as you can hear in my voice. But yeah, that was our result against Everton. Hopefully we bounce back with a win and get back to winning ways. But I wouldn't put it past us to string a loss or a draw or just a few bad performances together. Because again, I do not trust Ali to do right by that team. We have the team, we just don't have the manager. That's my opinion. If you're a Man United fan, I'd love to know your opinion. Let me know what you think. You can always leave me a message on Anchor FM. Let me know what you think about Man United. Skullshire is the manager. I'd love to know your opinion. So that's been the football this week. I wanted to also talk about a few TV shows and movies I've been watching. Like I said in my previous episode last week, I really wanted to watch a, or re-watch a few TV shows and movies this week. One movie I wanted to re-watch was once upon a time in hollywood directed by quentin tarantino i'm planning on reviewing this in my next radio segment for crc fm can't wait for that this movie is so good again if you haven't seen this movie it's available up on netflix it was released in 2019 like i said it's a quentin tarantino movie it's only his ninth movie of his career which is mad to think it feels like he has way more movies than that but again i think it's quality over quantity again quentin tarantino excellent director might be a dickhead in real life I have no clue. Maybe it's a, just, just a persona he has, but comes across like a dick sometimes. But what he can do in movies is unparalleled. I just think he's an excellent master of dialogue, conversations in movies. They seem so natural, but profound at the same time. You know, like I mentioned in my previous episode, I talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a bit, and I talked about the dialogue in his movies in general. He does mundane conversations very well. 
and he makes everyday conversations seem profound. He does this in this movie too. Every minute of this movie grabs your attention. Between the cinematography, the dialogue, the characters, everything about this movie just hits me the right way. So again, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's available to view up on Netflix. If you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, you'll love it. As well as that, another TV show I talked about wanting to rewatch is Haunting of Hill House, season one. I haven't finished rewatching it yet. I'm currently in the process of rewatching it. I think I'm on episode two or at the end of episode one. I just forgot how scary it is. Some of the action, not action, some of the shots in this TV show are beautiful and scary at the same time. And again, the actors in this show are amazing. Two members of the cast that really stood out in this show and made this show for me was Victoria Pedretti who plays the youngest sibling and Carla Giugino who plays the mother in the show. They made this show for me like I said. Their performances are outstanding. They come across like real people but they also come across as hauntingly disturbed characters who just want to be at peace. And they lead the show at times. You know, they, they're helping the characters in the show, the siblings in the show find their way and the dad as well the older character not the older character the older actor who plays the older version of the dad in the show is excellent as well most of the characters are likable in the show except for the older brother steven you don't really like him until the end in my opinion anyway but yeah victoria pedretti carla Giugino made this show for me they were excellent in that so for anyone who hasn't seen the show haunting of hill house especially season one it's available to view up on netflix like I said, the cast are amazing, performances are excellent, the story is so good, so well told, so put together, and it will knock you on your ass at times, but the ending is probably one of the best endings I've seen in a horror movie slash horror show in a while. I can't wait to finish off Haunting Hill House Season 1, I'll probably end up watching Season 2 as well, because sure why not and to be honest i will end up reviewing it on crcfm at some stage as well because it's so good but yeah anyone who hasn't seen the show i implore you go up and watch it on netflix it will not disappoint the other show i came across this week was the great north it's available up on disney plus for any fans of bob's burgers i think the people that created bob's burgers also created this show the only reason i say that is the animation is eerily similar to bob's burgers there's a great cast involved in this show including nick offerman megan mullally will forte and jenny slate jenny slate has had previous experience on big mouth another animated show and she's great in this tv show as well nick offerman i'm a big fan of him as well as megan mullally i love both their works on parks and rec and will forte is such a good actor and he's so lovable as well i haven't seen him in anything where i didn't love him anyone a big fan of snl and his mcgruber character so good if you haven't seen great north already give it a watch it has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes at the moment there's two seasons available although they're only after uploading two episodes of the first season up on disney plus so if you are going to watch it on disney plus you may have to wait for it to upload weekly episodes but yeah it has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes and a 6.5 out of 10 on imdb so yeah i think it's definitely worth a watch again like i said the animation is great very slick similar to bob's burgers the premise is very good it focuses around the tobin family a family living in a small town in alaska their day-to-day -day lives their relationships it seems very sweet very innocent 
but you can get a few laughs out of it as well. Me and Leanne watched the first and second episode this week. We were laughing our asses off at it. Again, we're big fans of Bob's Burgers, so we loved it immediately. And that's what I would say to anyone going to watch it. If you're a big fan of Bob's Burgers as a show, you will love this immediately because it has the same kind of humor, the same kind of dedication to that show and the same kind of tones. So again, if you like Bob's Burgers, you will like this show as well. The Great North. Give it a watch. Another movie I want to go see in the cinema is No Time to Die, which will be Daniel Craig's last appearance as James Bond. In my opinion, he's done a good job in this role in the past couple of years when he's had it. But again, I don't have a big affinity for James Bond as a character. I was actually talking about this on CRCFM. I was finishing up my segment with Aiden this week on CRCFM and we got to talking about the fact that No Time to Die was coming out. It was Daniel Craig's last movie as the character and we got into a discussion about our favorite bonds and to be honest like i don't have a favorite bond like i didn't grow up on that movie franchise i've seen pierce brosnan in the role i haven't seen sean connery in the role so the only james bond i knew was pierce brosnan and i liked him he was good in that character but i think aiden grew up seeing sean connery as that character and much prefers sean connery's role to daniel craig i don't think he got used to daniel craig as the character at all but to be honest daniel craig for me did a good job he was great in the action pack scenes and we were talking about the fact that daniel craig before he got this role was relatively unknown and in made the point on the show saying that it must have been hard for him to be not known at all and then to be blown up his profile blown up so big by just one movie franchise he probably can't walk anywhere in the world and have a like a normal time not normal time but like he probably can't have a quiet minute to himself because he's known as James Bond around the world. So I suppose it's probably good for him that this movie franchise is coming to an end for him because he can get back to a bit of normality and have a bit more privacy as a person, you know? I don't know who they're going to go for to replace Daniel Craig. I personally would like to see Idris Elba in that role. I just think he's so suave. He can play that role excellently in my opinion. You know, Daniel Craig has shown that the new James Bond is a lot nittier and grittier. There's a lot of action scenes involved. Idris Elba has a lot of experience in action movies. He did a great job in The Wire, so he has that grit about him. He also is incredibly suave in real life. Have you ever seen him in interviews? Or like on the red carpet or whatever? He just comes across as a very suave gentleman. And I think he could bring that to the role of James Bond very well. They're also talking about the fact that it might go to a woman. That might be good to change the pace. But again, my shout is for Idris Elba. I just thought when his name was thrown into the hat for that role, I just thought, perfect. Idris Elba would pull off that role so well. Because I've seen him in other things and just love him in other movies he's been in, other TV shows. I don't know if any of you have seen the show Luther, but he's excellent in that. So give it a watch. It's on BBC. He plays a disgruntled dirty cop in that show. I think there's five seasons, but he's excellent in it. Yeah, I just think he'd be an overall great show for James Bond. I actually didn't know he was English when I first saw him. I saw him on a few episodes of the US office. I hadn't seen The Wire, but I knew that he was on that, so I thought he was American. But then I did some research around him as an actor, because I just loved him on the US office. And I found out that he was actually English, and he tricked the casting crew into thinking, thinking he was American, because he really wanted that role. He practiced his American accent for days... I think weeks as well and he went he went in to do the audition in his american accent and got the role 
and he only told them that he was English after a couple of episodes. I'd love to hear your shout for the next James Bond. You can always leave me a message on Anchor FM letting me know who you want to see in that role. I'd love to hear your opinion. As well as that, I'd love to hear what you think of Haunting of Hill House Season 1 and 2. Let me know your opinions on that. As well as that, if you've seen the show Great North, what did you think? Again, you can always leave me a message on Anchor FM. They're attached to my episodes. I'd like to finish out this episode talking a bit about gaming. This week I was in GameStop. Just looking at a few games I want to buy. A few games that I want to find out about as well. You know, I mentioned the game Ghosts of Tsushima. And I wanted to find a bit more out about that. And I was asking the guy in there, you know, what's the what's a good game to play? You know, a good story game. You know, I finished The Last of Us 2. I'm looking for a new story game to play. He said that Far Cry 6 is coming out and i'd heard good things about that the trailer looked really good but i don't know like far cry 5 i think far cry 5 was the one with the preacher in it and the cult that didn't do too well so hopefully far cry 6 is a good one i think that's coming out he said on the 7th of october so i'll probably end up getting that for my birthday or treating myself to it on my birthday fifa 22 has also been released but to be honest i'm gonna hold up buying it as long as i can because when i do buy it i know i'm gonna play it for a couple of weeks and get mad about the fact that it hasn't been approved upon they introduced journey mode a while back that was kind of to shut fans up for a while they introduced journey mode which was based on and inspired by marcus rashford and his rise to the ranks of man united you play as alex hunter an up-and-coming player in the premiership you get to choose your club how you respond to certain situations it's a story mode game basically that they released to shut fans up for a while because fans were complaining but it didn't work for that long because players don't play journey mode every time they play career mode every time and that's what most of us want to see improved i want to see career mode a bit more realistic introduce elements to it that's more realistic that's all i want to hear but yeah that's my little ramble on fifa 22 overall i'll probably end up buying fifa 22 because it's one of those games i always play in between finishing new games and it's a constant in my gaming like i always go back to fifa when i'm bored so i'll probably end up buying it for that reason alone but other than that i'm gonna buy a few story mode games probably to entertain me like far cry 6 looks very promising ghost of Tsushima as well and life is strange looks kind of interesting as well so i might have getting that as well there's also a multiplayer game i want to get it's like a prison break game i think it's called escape or escape plan or uh, or something like that to that effect i want to get that so i can play with leanne because we played it takes two and that was excellent the graphics in it were amazing the story was so good and unique and the gameplay and battling scenes were great as well when Leanne enjoyed it, I knew that it was a great game because normally when she gets frustrated with a game, she'll give up on it because, again, we played that when she was just being introduced to gaming and she wasn't that skilled at it. I think that really helped improve her as a gamer as well, even her mentality. I know it sounds stupid, but yeah, she really enjoyed that game. So anyone who's looking for a new game to play with your significant other, I definitely recommend It Takes Two. It's a great team building game as well. I'd love to hear all your opinions on these games. Have you played It Takes Two? What did you think of FIFA 22 if you played it? Ghost of Tsushima, all of that. You can always leave me a message on Anchor FM with your opinion. I'd love to hear it. And this is where I'm going to end today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can find my podcast, Finding Yourself, up on Anchor FM and Spotify. I hope you're all enjoying the podcast at the moment. I'm really enjoying making the episodes. 
as well as that you can always subscribe to my youtube channel i used to put out all my podcasts on youtube until i switched to anchor fm and spotify so if you haven't checked out any of my previous episodes you can also check them out on youtube the channel is called the finding yourself podcast i put out updates on the podcast info all that kind of good stuff so you can always subscribe there for updates again hope you all enjoyed this has been finding yourself with kyle duffy thanks for listening mm-hmm.